I know other moms spend more time with their kids, but to me, it's fostering an environment of which people grow up and they feel like they should do the things that they love. They should do the things that they care about. They can have lives outside of the family and the family is the safe place to come back to. So you have to decide like what are your true values and don't let that overwhelming feeling of guilt hold you back and hold you complacent because a lot of times when you start to unpack it, you realize it's kind of a lie. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. One thing that you guys should know about Abby and I is that we're both always reading books. And oftentimes we're actually reading the same books partially so that we can compare notes and talk through them. Both of us have read Unicorn Space by author Eve Rotsky, who was on episode 106. Chapter 10 has spoken so loudly to both of us that we're going to discuss it during this episode. One value we have as a podcast is right in our introduction. We want to get women one step further than they are today. When we look around at our community, one thing that women really stub their toe on is being somebody outside of their roles. A lot of women in our audience get swallowed up by mothering, being a partner and working, leaving little time to be who they are outside of the roles. It's something that we've both experienced, so we wholeheartedly understand. Yeah. And what we find is that just the simple questions like, what do you enjoy outside of motherhood? What do you do for fun? What are your hobbies? Those types of questions really put a magnifying glass on the fact that some women, they simply can't even answer those questions. And they've been so entrenched in their roles that that they put anything for themselves on the back burner. But what was interesting about this chapter is that Eve pointed out that the longer a woman does this, the harder it is for her to come back to herself and really start doing the things that she enjoys. So today, we're hoping to give you a gentle nudge in the right direction, a direction in which women are allowed to be people, to have interests, to care about the things outside of their homes and definitely outside of their work lives as well. And the truth of the matter is that this is enriching for the entire family. It's enriching for your partnerships. It's good for your kids to see you have your own things. And it's good for you and the way that you feel. So one thing that was brought up right away was the idea of our own limiting beliefs. So let's say that right now you have no hobbies, which is a reality for some women. Often women think, well, I can't start And then fill in the blank, pottery, dancing, yoga, writing, blogging. Now I'm already 35 and I get that mindset because being a beginner is not easy. The fear of not knowing what to do or thinking about what people will think of you. Most of us have been there and sometimes we might still go there. 
So I really love to use our own personal examples so that you guys can get an even better context and I can make sure that you guys know that you're not alone in this train of thinking. So Abby and I were really passionate about starting herself. We were both avid listeners of podcasts. We still are. And we felt like there was something missing. We wanted women in our own season to speak about what this season is like. And we felt like there was a certain honesty and vulnerability missing from conversations. We also wanted to touch on tough subjects like money, sex, everything like that. So we really saw a space for herself to be in. But we had zero training as podcast hosts. Abby took a course on how to make podcasts, and I laid out very simple ground rules for us. For example, as a listener, it would drive me bonkers when the host would constantly interrupt guests. So we knew from day one, we do not want to interrupt our guests. Abby and I both didn't like when people chit-chatted too much in the beginning. As busy women, we wanted them to get to the meat, the point, a lot faster. And then we also felt like a lot of podcasts, they weren't letting their guests shine. And so from day one, we were like, we want these women to shine. Like that's the point of them being on our podcast. So we had those ground rules and then we just hit record. We let it rip. And if you've been around since the beginning, hopefully you've seen us grow as podcast hosts. One thing that I had to improve on is that I talked way too slowly in those first few episodes and I got that feedback. So that was something that I tried to work on right away. Abby and I listened to every single episode and we're still learning things that we want to improve on. So we knew that our endeavor of becoming a podcast was going to be far from perfect, but we also knew that we were willing to be new. We were willing to suck a little bit and we were willing to learn and get better. Well, and it's especially hard when your co-host, Amy, speaks quickly every day of her life. So Yeah, like you had to slow down. <laughs> you had to slow down and I had to like, speed let's, up. Let's just meet in the middle here. Yeah. Let's try to meet in the middle. But what you said that last point, Amy, that's the thing is that are you willing to suck a little bit? So dare to suck. Dare to do the thing that you want to do, even if you're not good at it right away from the start. So I just started hot yoga. So truly for the first time in my life, I've been really consistent with going to hot yoga. And if you've ever been to a flow, you know that it's this coordinated dance that you get to know the moves to, but at the beginning, you definitely don't. And the only way you can start to learn is if you're willing to keep showing up, even when the whole room can definitely tell that you're new. So I prepared what I could. I signed up. I figured out what I needed. I found my mat. And then I actually went to the class. And from there, I had to be willing to be new again. And you guys, I absolutely love it. Like I love this part of my life right now. If you follow us on Instagram, you've probably seen our Sunday routine. So Amy and I, we've been going to a 90-minute yoga class every single Sunday. And it's definitely one of the hottest and brightest spots of my entire week. And as many of you listening know, Amy has brought up wanting to get back into yoga so many times on this podcast. (laughs) And it was awesome that a little social pressure from me helped her get back into something that she also loves. And it's become this routine. So after a long weekend of mothering, we're able to really go spend some real time resetting, being away from our families, away from our houses and doing something just for us. 
It's really funny because it's actually listeners of the podcast that will DM me and give me like tips. They're like, I know you've been saying you want to get back to yoga. (laughs) So there is some accountability with what we say in these episodes because people are listening. And I, I think a really cool thing to think about is, are you bringing some accountability into your own life? What is the thing that you keep saying that you want to do again? And are you taking steps to do that? And that's the whole point why we created the accountability challenge, which starts today, you guys. So we'll make sure to include it in our Instagram stories and also include the download in the show notes again. But yeah, you do have to be accountable to yourself, to other people. And those little reminders from our listeners, they definitely do help. So I thought it'd be good next to go into some of the things that people get stuck on. This came up in unicorn space and I made a few tweaks based on some of my coaching knowledge. So I can see that you're feeling angry right now. I can see that the resentment is building. I can see the anxiety in your life right now. But what are you afraid of? And I don't want you to just push this question to the side right away. I want you to sit with this. In the book, they brought up that, you know, a woman was speaking with Eve and she was saying, you know, my husband, he's gone every Saturday morning for the entire day. He's playing basketball or, you know, doing one of his own hobbies. And I just wanted to be home right now. I want him to co-parent with me. I don't want him to leave the dishes and the laundry and the children to me. And then Eve asked, but what are you afraid of? She's like, Eve, I'm not afraid of anything. I, I want him to come home. She goes, no, really sit with this. What are you afraid of? Like, I can see that you're angry right now, but what are you afraid of? And the woman, after a pause, she said something to the effect of, I don't want to grow up and be you know, a lonely old hag who doesn't have any hobbies of her own. I don't want to lose myself in this journey. Like I'm worried that I'm losing myself in this journey. And think to yourself, like, where do these types of things come up to you? Where are you feeling this anger? Where are you feeling this resentment? Where can you feel that anxiety start to bubble up inside of you? But you know that there's an underlying fear. And when I think about this, I think about it as an iceberg. So the world can see the tip. So the world can see that anger. But we all know that the Titanic sunk because of what was below the surface. Like what was below the surface, what people couldn't really see, but what was the actual issue? So when I ask this question to myself, my answer pretty much always revolves around failing myself or failing those who are closest to me. So not being able to do what's expected of me or, you know, I mean, I set high standards in many places in my life. And if I fail on those standards that I place on myself, that is just a terrible feeling to me. So when I'm feeling resentful that Colin takes an extra day for a work trip, I mean, this just happened last week. It reminds me that I could be giving more to my businesses. And if I'm getting anxious about an episode dropping and I wake up at 3 a.m., which happens many Mondays right now, you guys, it's because I know that I could have previewed that episode. I could have previewed it and listened to it over the weekend, double checked it, but I didn't. And it's bubbling up as anxiety. If I get angry that this parenting skill that I learned from our mama village isn't working, it's because I wish that I could be more patient and I wish I could be a more present mom in that moment. Like that is what my child needs in that moment. And I feel like I'm feeling them. So it's all of these underlying challenges, these underlying emotions that are really the situation when all the rest of the world sees is, you know, the bigger anger, anxiety, and resentment. I feel like you're really hard on yourself. And these ones I am. If you're asking me my biggest fear, like if you're actually going to ask me my biggest fear, and I know that it stems in the Enneagram 3 in me of like, I need to do better. I need to succeed. I need 
people are paying me. They are expecting this of me. I'm expecting this of myself. And then when I actually am fearing something, I think that's what it bubbles down to. And a quick break from our podcast sponsor, which is BetterHelp. Relationships take work, especially the most important one you can have in your life, which is the relationship with yourself. And throughout this episode, Amy and I are talking about how important this relationship is and how you do need to put yourself first. We so often are you know, putting our children first, our jobs first, helping out our partners, helping out our friends. But how often are you giving yourself that exact same treatment? So if therapy has been on your mind and talking with a licensed professional has been something that you've considered, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp, it's an online therapy service and it offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions that you can do with your therapist. So you don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's also much more affordable than in-person therapy. And it's great because you can get matched with a therapist within 48 hours. You take a quick quiz online. You answer the items that are most important to you. You answer if you want to meet over chat or video or phone or a combination, and you are paired with a therapist very quickly. So give it a try and see why over 2 million people around the world have used BetterHelp online therapy, including Amy and I. And because the podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, Herself listeners get 10% off their first month. So if you go to betterhelp.com slash herself, you can get in on this discount. Again, that's BetterHelp. B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash herself. That was deep. And this is like a hard conversation because especially when you're first going down the road of like uncovering this stuff, it is hard. So as you guys know, I've talked about this before. When Drew and I first became parents, I felt very resentful of him. Drew went on with his life as if it was pretty much just normal after we became parents where I was like deeply impacted. And one of the things that really came up for me is that I was suffering from such bad working mom guilt. And that was really what was underneath the surface of resentment. So I had felt like, okay, I'm a nurse. I'm out of the house. Max goes to daycare. How could I then have someone watch him on the weekend and be away from him more? I honestly would judge Drew and think, how can you be away from him more than we already are because we are both working parents? So I really did lose myself for a bit there. And ever since that point, I've been working through my working mom guilt to regain my identity outside of motherhood. I distinctly remember, and a lot of you might too, in episode 12, when we had a whole episode about working mom guilt. I burst into tears during that episode because I was about to leave Cole for the very first time. And I remember when we were recording it, I was thinking, like, I had thought I had really worked through that working mom guilt. And I don't think tears necessarily are an indication that, you know, I hadn't made a lot of progress, but it's crazy how big something can like swell up for you, even if you think that you've worked through it. So if you are on that journey, if working mom guilt or mom guilt in general is speaking to you, that's one that I have been on. And it has been a long journey. Like when I think about it, I've been a mom for almost six years now. And that's something that I had dealt with almost immediately. Like I felt guilt very early on. 
So what I wanted to say here is I get a lot of replies from women on Instagram and they'll be like, how do you do that? For example, Drew and I are about to go on a five-day trip away from our kids together. And I understand the question because if you are at the beginning of that journey and you need to take your first step, you're looking at like my 500th, probably more like my 20,000th step, you know, day one, when I saw other women travel, I too thought like, how do you do that? I could never leave my kids. And now I'm in such a better place. But I do think it's also been the experience of understanding that everything is okay. Like I've left them. I've come back. We have the most solid relationships the love is so strong, the trust is so strong. So now they don't make a big deal of when we leave because they know that I'm going to come back. But I wanted to add to this conversation that I was telling Abby when we went to hot yoga last Sunday that when I was a newer mom and I was newer to taking time to myself, I had really created a culture in our family that mom A, didn't take time to herself, and B, felt guilty when she did. Drew would leave for a run and no one cared. (laughs) Like, no one thought twice. And I understand, you know, sometimes there's differences if you're the preferred parent versus not. But then I thought, you know what? I've created a culture in this family where mom is suppressed and she feels bad if she's leaving and they can feel that. So they also played into it. This Sunday when I was leaving for yoga, the boys will now be like, have fun, like have a good time. Bye. See you when you get back. Because the kids really get used to the idea that you leave, but then you come back and it takes some practice. So another example is we just went on a date. We left all of our kids with babysitters and people respond to that story too. And they're like, how do you trust someone else? How do you do this? And it's like, we have been working on this for so long, building trust as a family that mom and dad always come back. You can trust the people that we trust, the people that we are leaving you with. We know that they can do this. So it's really changing like the culture of your family to let other people inside. And in the beginning of motherhood, I was white knuckling like the control and the love. And I felt like that was how I could be the best mom. And since then, I remember in Kate Borsato's episode, a really, really tangible tool that she gave Abby and I is like, what does it actually mean to be a good mom to you? She was like, write down the five things. And to me, motherhood is not a time punch card because if that's what it was, I would not be winning at it. I know other moms spend more time with their kids, but to me, it's fostering an environment of which people grow up and they feel like they should do the things that they love. They should do the things that they care about. They can have lives outside of the family and the family is the safe place to come back to. So you have to decide like what are your true values and don't let that overwhelming feeling of guilt hold you back and hold you complacent because a lot of times when you start to unpack it, you realize it's kind of a lie. 
A quick break from our sponsor, FrameBridge. I have to tell you guys about this amazing service called FrameBridge. FrameBridge makes it easier and more affordable than ever to frame your favorite things without ever leaving your house. You can add a gallery wall to your home office or send the perfect gift. From art prints to the family photos sitting on your phone, you can frame bridge just about anything. Just go to framebridge.com and upload a photo, or they can send you packaging to safely mail in your physical pieces. Preview your item online in dozens of frame styles and gallery wall layouts. Choose your favorite and get free recommendations from their talented designers. The experts at FrameBridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece directly to your door, ready to hang. Instead of hundreds you'd pay at a framing store, their pieces start around $39 and all shipping is free. Plus, our listeners will get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use our code HERSELF. Order online at framebridge.com or stop by a Framebridge store to work with a designer in person if you're in New York, DC, Atlanta, Philly, Boston, or Chicago. I went with the gallery wall of the Mercer Slim Frames. I now have a big, gorgeous photo of each of my boys hanging in our dining room and I couldn't be happier with how they turned out. Being able to preview the photos on a wall on framebridge.com really helped me pick out exactly what I wanted. So you guys can go over to framebridge.com and use the promo code HERSELF to save 15% off your first order. That's framebridge.com and use the promo code HERSELF. Well, and it's a cycle too. If you are feeling guilty about taking space, taking time to yourself, then you do it less. Then your kids aren't as used to it. You're not as used to it. It's harder for you to leave the next time. You have more guilt. So it's really this cycle that builds up that we have to break the cycle at some point. You have to just go. You have to go do the thing. And when you're doing the thing, and we've said this before, but you feel so good doing it. Like those yoga sessions. I mean, I talk about it all the time right now, but it was one of those things that I was like, ah, 90 minutes, like really 90 minutes of like standing there in these positions. Like, is that really for me? And yeah, it is. It's really for me. But it took actually doing the thing first in order to realize how much I am loving this new part of my life. It's really interesting too, because Abby was just asking me about what I fear. And one thing that comes up for me is I've started to think about my children are now at an age where I feel like they can remember how I parent them. And that does feel like more pressure because I don't want them to remember a mom that yelled at them. And I think because of the way that I was raised, that comes up for me a little bit at a little bit different of a level than it might come up for other people. But one thing I've noticed is that this is all so much more interconnected than we give it credit for, because when I yell, it's usually because I am so depleted and I haven't taken any time for myself. So like mom rage, we know comes from mom rage is the tip of the iceberg and the causes for it are beneath. But oftentimes it's because the mom isn't getting something that she needs she has needs that are going unfulfilled. So I think of the way that I want them to remember their childhood. And if I don't take care of myself and I don't take time to do the things that I want to do, I will yell more. I've done that experiment now. Like I understand it doesn't work when I put myself last over and over again, because that doesn't bring out the best mom. Okay, so the last thing that we wanted to cover in this episode is 
in the chapter, they brought up the idea of spiritual friends. And you guys will see how this all really connects. So the impact that friends have on your life. I know this is a topic that we've touched on before, but today we're going to bring a little different light to it. So do you have friends right now in your life that share your journey and that support your journey? We have friends for all different reasons. Are your friends encouraging you to elevate, to be the person that you want to be, to try something new? Or do they want you to stay as the same person that you used to be? I'm at a point in my life where I'm not playing games. Like I feel very passionately about having people in my life that support my journey. And I'm no longer trying to fit into anyone's box of who they think I should be or who I used to be. So my question to you out there is, do you have the right crew around you? If you shared with a friend, I'm going to try to start yoga. Would they say, good for you. That's so awesome. Or would they say, when do you even have time and why yoga? Like, what is the energy around you? I've seen friends keep their friends from starting something new. Someone's in a very vulnerable state when they say, I think I'm going to try to start a blog. I can tell you that from my own experience. So if you have people around you that are blowing your candle out by criticizing your idea or projecting their own feelings onto you, I think that that's a disservice. Abby and I feel like we're really thriving in this department, and it's no secret to all of you that a big part of that is that our friendship has really grown over the past couple years, and we feel like we both have a really big mindset for growth, but also support. Mm-hmm. And without sounding like a broken record on this one, it's really about the quality of friendships and not the quantity. Like in other parts of our life, it's like, oh, I have all these Facebook friends or I'm going to go to this party or to, you know, you're meeting up with all these different groups of people. But as mothers, we only have a certain amount of time. We only have a certain amount of energy. And I don't know about you, but I absolutely cannot spread myself too thin. And right now I feel like I'm getting so much out of just a few really close friendships that in another season of my life, I would have wanted to add on more and more and more like, oh, who can I go to for this? Who can I go to for this? It's like, no, find the people that you know and that you trust and that can support you from all these different angles and be able to go to them. There's been a lot of changes in my life over the last few years and all of our lives over the last few years. And friendships that were perfect in a different season just aren't perfect right now. And understanding that and knowing that it's okay to move on from those is just such an important part of this growth mentality as well. What's wild about this podcast too is that the growth of us as individuals is on full display. I remember the first few episodes, we were joking, you were like the girl from 27 Dresses because Abby had like 30 best friends and I couldn't even keep track. So this is a different season for her. You know, she feels like less is more. So we're all allowed to change. And the point that Eve really made in that chapter is like, it's also okay to have specific friends for yes. specific things. Mm-hmm. So if you have someone that really supports you, say you're starting a business and you have this cohort of people that are doing the same thing. 
It's like, those are spiritual friendships because you guys are going through something together and they probably have like the best thing to say to you because they're going through your experience. So it's really interesting because it's like, I have my core friends that I trust. I know they have my back. I'm so, so supported. And there's also space that if I had made a new friend, like Vanessa, who's been on our episode, the sex therapist, she'd be a really good example of someone that I've met. And we have this like soul connection because a lot of our thoughts, a lot of our experiences are really similar and we love each other so much and we're always texting and things. And it's like, I had to have space for her to be able to come into my life and support the business side of me. Because there's friends that I've had for years and years, and they're just never going to understand that to the level that she can. So it's a dance because we kind of just said two different things. We said, okay, we've committed to having like a smaller circle, but also leave space for people that come into your life and they're supporting a part of your life where you need that support. And think of it as like a bullseye almost. I'm like imagining this bullseye of like, these are the people that you know you can go to for almost everything. Yeah. Like Amy, you're one of those people for me. I can go to you for when we got our diagnosis, when you know I'm having parenting troubles, when I'm having a challenge in my marriage. But then you think about the people who aren't parents. It's like, am I going to go to them for struggles of toddler tantrums? Probably not. Yeah. But yeah. they're in that like next level of, okay, business advice, like wanting to go out and do something fun, go bowling, whatever it is. Like, yes, those are the people that you can do with that. But just knowing where they are in it as well so that you're not giving all of your energy to like the third, fourth, fifth tier when you have this really solid group of friends that can also support you in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I think every relationship has ups and downs. So it's never, you know, a hop off the bus if things are on a downswing. But it's like overall is the energy in the friendship positive? Do you look forward to talking to them? Do you feel like your emotions are safe with them? That's the type of thing that I think is really important at this stage of our life versus are you staying in friendships because you really feel like, oh, you know, it's a loyalty factor. You've been friends for so long. How could you not talk to them every day? So this episode really focused on all parts of you, making sure that you're giving yourself the time, the energy, making sure that you're investing in the friendships that matter, really making sure that you feel more like you and doing the things that help you do that. And because Amy and I love challenges, we wanted to remind you that we have a Herself Accountability Challenge. So if you're listening in real time, it starts today. If you go into our show notes, you can download a page to your phone and you can join the challenge with us. It's four weeks really focusing in again on the things that make you feel like you. If you've been pushing yourself to the side for a while, it might be a little bit of a stretch, but we all need to start somewhere and we hope to do that right alongside you. 